You're listening to Mysteries Still Unsolved, a podcast where we discuss unsolved mysteries both past and present. I'm your host, Rochelle. Today, we will discuss the Bear Lake Monster. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Mystery Still Unsolved. Thank you so much for stopping by my little corner of the podcast universe. I am beyond excited to be back here with you today. Oh my gosh, before I go on to anything else, we need to talk about a movie I saw just last week that is literally incredible. Um, if you haven't gotten a chance to see Black Phone, you absolutely must. You must. It is seriously one of the most clever, creative, period piece serial killer movies made in a long, long time. Um, it actually made its debut at last year's Sundance Film Festival, and it was so well received that they decided to put it on the big screen this year. Um, if you're like me and you love true crime, murder mysteries, and the, the psychology behind serial killers, then you are going to love it. I actually don't want to say much else because I don't want to give anything away, but seriously, buy the tickets, get your little booty down to the movie theater, and watch that movie ASAP. Um, we have so much to cover this week, so much so that I'm going to get right into the housekeeping portion of our podcast episode. Plus, I know that you're all dying to know if you are the winner of today's giveaway celebrating my two-year podcast anniversary. Seriously, scoot back a little. I can tell from here that you're on the edge of your seat. <laughs> okay, so first things first, if you have literally no idea what I'm talking about, then you're probably not following me on Instagram at Mystery Still Unsolved. If you had been following me, then you could have entered to win a cozy throw blanket um, for apparently like the two-year anniversary is cotton, hence the throw blanket. Uh, my Instagram is chock full of pictures and videos from the cases that we've covered. There you can share your thoughts, theories, and opinions with me and other fellow true crime lovers. Every now and again, I'll pop into the stories and we'll have a nice little chat. Um, you can get behind the scenes and bonus content there as well. If you're already following my um, following, but my posts like aren't showing up in your feed, then head over to my Instagram account. Make sure that you click that notification bell and Instagram will alert you every single time I do something over there. Um, if Instagram ain't your thing, uh, don't worry. I also have a website. It's www.mysteriesstillunsolved.com. There you can binge my now 88 episodes. I will repeat that. Yes, 88 episodes of creative and witty true crime commentary done by yours truly. Um, if you've got a road trip ahead of you or like a crappy day at work, go head over to my website, put that tool in your arsenal because it could just come in handy one of these days. Um, if you're liking what you're hearing and you think that other people's ears should also be blessed, uh, consider leaving me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That would be a real treat. It would guide people over to my podcast. And you would also be my new favorite person. Yes, it's true. Um, okay, now, the moment you've all been waiting for, the announcement of the winner of the two-year podcast anniversary 
cozy throw blanket. Can I get a drum roll, please? Our winner is... Elena! Congratulations, Elena. I will be reaching out to you shortly so I can send you this luxurious throw blanket. Um, I hope that you enjoy it. And if you didn't win, don't worry. My birthday is coming up in August. And if you've been here for a bit, you know that I always, always, always host a giveaway for my birthday. If I get spoiled, you get spoiled because I like to share the wealth. Um, All right. I think that that's it for housekeeping. So let's get down on it. Okay, today's episode is an on-location episode, our first one this year, and I'm so excited. I not only love researching the cases that we cover, but being able to have a chance to really immerse myself into these stories has certainly, definitely got to be one of my favorite perks of the job. Today, we will be covering the Bear Lake Monster, and with Bear Lake a mere two and a half hours from where I live, you know I had to get my booty up here and see what all the fuss was about. This case was actually brought to my attention by my daughter. So her second grade teacher has a cabin at Bear Lake, and she told her students about this legend of the Bear Lake monster. So Ryland came home and told me immediately and said I should cover it on my podcast. And so here we are. Um, Bear Lake is stunning. It attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors each year, not only because it's considered the Caribbean of the Rockies due to its infamously beautiful turquoise waters, but also its equally famous legend of the Bear Lake monster. Before I really got into researching it, I had no idea that the story would be so intriguing. And so I know you guys are going to really appreciate it too. Okay, so Bear Lake is located on the Utah-Idaho border. Half of the lake belongs to Utah, which is where I went, um, to a town called Garden City. And the other half belongs to Idaho. When you go out boating, there is a section of the lake that lets you know you're getting too close to the Idaho border and that you should probably turn around. Well, at least that how it was when, that's how it is when you rent a boat. I'm sure if you had your own boat, you could probably just do whatever the heck you want to do. But we always rent a boat, and so we're not allowed to go to the Idaho section. Um, Garden City, the town around Utah, the Utah side of Bear Lake, was settled in 1868 by the Bear Lake Valley's first permanent one-legged mountain man, a guy by the name of Thomas Pegleg, in quotes, Smith. That is so cool. (laughs) Thomas Pegleg Smith. That's great. Okay, before that, the land had been home to local Shoshone Indians. They loved the Bear Lake Valley for the same reasons Thomas did because of, you know, the massive lake, its wet, its lush wetlands, edible plants, and a variety of game. Thomas Pegleg Smith hadn't been there long before he began learning more from the Shoshone Indians about a monster that they believed resided in the lake. The first official sighting was reported on Um, by the Deseret News, and it was reported on by a man by the name of Joseph C. Rich, who was another early settler of the area. In July of 1868, an article came out regarding the Bear Lake monster. He made his debut. Um, A portion of that article reads as follows, quote, 
The Indians say there is a monster animal which lives in the lake that has captured and carried away Indians while in the lake. They represent it as a creature of the serpent kind. Since the settlement of this valley, several persons have reported seeing a huge animal of some kind that they could not describe. Mr. S.M. Johnson saw something in the lake that he assumed was a drowned person. He assumed it would soon wash up on the shore. Some kind of an animal that he had never seen before raised its head out from under the water. He did not see the body, but only the head and what he supposed was part of its neck. It had notches on the side of its head as large as a pine cone. The waves at times would dash over its head and it could throw water out of its head through its mouth and nose, end quote. Okay. So not only is that wild, I just want to like, before we move on, I just want to talk about the fact that Mr. S.M. Johnson saw something that he assumed was a drowned person. And then instead of like going into the water to retrieve it, he just like assumed that it was going to make its way to shore. <laughs> Come on, S.M. That's not very nice. <laughs> you should have some more urgency. Okay. So, yes, the tales go that the Bear Lake monster would slowly and quietly creep to the shores where there was splashing and activity, either from men fishing or children playing, and it would creep up next to them without the individual knowing, and then there would be a huge splash, and then the person would disappear underneath the water, only to be dragged into the deeper section and eaten. Basically, once you were selected by this creature you really never stood a chance. And this kind of sounds like an alligator attack to me, like an alligator crocodile attack. So for years afterward, similar sightings would be reported in the Deseret News. 15 other witnesses reported seeing the monster or a family of monsters. Many of the individuals making these eyewitness reports were in good standing and social status who only had something to lose from sharing their experiences and nothing to gain. Like, it wasn't like the village crazy person, the like local idiot, like making these claims. These were like prominent doctors, lawyers, politicians, people who had a lot at stake. Their reputation could be affected by sharing these experiences. So, um, the experiences seemed pretty truthful based on who was giving them. Some reported the monster as being dark brown and others report it as a muddy green color. It was always described as being large in stature and swimming far faster than any animal anyone had ever seen before. It's unclear if these were just creations of early settlers, wild imaginations, or if there really was something residing in the lake. But what is clear is that no one, not even the Shoshone Indians, knew how old or unique Bear Lake actually is. Okay, so get this. Bear Lake is one of the oldest lakes in the entire world, like top 50 oldest lakes in the world. Apparently, most lakes are fairly young when they eventually naturally fill with sediment and they're erased off of the face of the earth. However, due to the fact that the lake resides near a fault line, anytime the area experiences an earthquake, the mountains will go up and the lake will sink, ensuring the lake's perpetual survival. Most lakes in the area are only a few hundred, maybe thousands years of years old, but not Bear Lake. Scientists recently surveyed the lake and made the astonishing finding that it's quite possible that Bear Lake has been in existence for over a million years. What's also incredible is that there are four types of endemic fish that are found nowhere else on this planet Earth other than Bear Lake. 
These include Bear Lake Sculpin, Bonneville Whitefish, Bear Lake Whitefish, and Bonneville Cisco. If you took this fish and extracted some of its DNA, its DNA could be traced back to the prehistoric era. So if there are prehistoric fish currently living in this lake as of like today, could there be other prehistoric creatures living in it? A large serpentine creature, perhaps? Well, in Fossil Butte, Wyoming, which is an area not too far from Bear Lake, there is a plethora of fossils of prehistoric creatures. Think woolly mammoths, raptors, and yes, even aquatic dinosaurs, such as the plesiosaur, the ichiosaur, and the mosasaur. So who's to say that if a serpentine lake dwelling creature used to reside in an area nearby, that there could be one living in Bear Lake. There definitely could be. With a lack of other predators, it is possible that the Bear Lake monster could have not only survived in Bear Lake, but thrived there. Many of the aquatic dinosaurs mentioned before, plesiosaur, ichiosaur, and mosasaur, are similar in description to the reports of the Bear Lake monster. And people in 1868 did not freaking know that there were dinosaurs like that nearby when they were making these claims. Um, so I find this very interesting. I'm kind of geeking out about it. Hopefully you guys are geeking out about it too, so I'm not alone. Um, if you ask a scientist living in the Bear Lake Valley, he will tell you that there's not a question that at one point in time, there was certainly a Bear Lake type creature living in Bear Lake. The only questions right now are, has one survived and does one still currently reside in this lake? Most of Bear Lake is 85 feet deep. However, there is a portion of the lake that goes down as deep as 208 feet. No one has ever seen all the way down there because no one's ever sunk like a submarine down there. Like it's not like they have, I'm assuming they probably don't have the resources to send like any, you know, high tech equipment down there. A local biologist who studies fish life in Bear Lake said that people might be surprised to hear that there are actually small and harmless freshwater jellyfish living in the lake and also some prehistoric algaes growing on the bottom. But he hasn't seen evidence of a Bear Lake monster yet. But he says, who knows? There may be some interesting discoveries in Bear Lake's future as their efforts have only really concentrated on the lake's bottom that's 85 feet. No one has ever ventured into the deeper portions of the lake's intense cavernous plumbing. He says that there is still a lot to be discovered down there. Mike Havertz was a young teenager in the early summer of 1977 when he and some friends took a canoe out onto Bear Lake in the evening. The moon was full, and so there was quite a bit of light that evening. He claims that before this incident, he had never, ever heard of any Bear Lake creature residing in the lake. However, on this night, he says the waters were calm. They pulled out a little ways. He says that all of a sudden, a channel of water 20 feet long and 2 feet wide began to make waves. Everyone was freaking out. This lasted about three minutes. The waves got as high as 18 inches because the group was worried that their boat would be swamped and that they would begin to sink. Mike then reports seeing some sort of a dark, shadowy figure within two or three feet of the boat that then disappeared beneath them. In 2018, a man by the name of Brent Brunson, a resident of Rio Dosa, New Mexico, recalled that he and his daughter decided to take a boat that they had rented out onto the lake. 
He looked out towards the front of the boat, and about 30 yards from where he stood, he saw a large, white-capped wave. There were no other boats out that early, and so he was confused as to what could have possibly made a wave that large. Just then, a creature popped its head out of the water and then went back down. He looked back towards his daughter, who nervously shouted, Dad, what was that? At first glance, they thought it might be a long, dark canoe, or perhaps one of those long tube things that people ride in the water. But then again, they both watched as the creature popped out once more, and they were able to get a better look at it. The entire encounter lasted probably like 20 to 30 seconds. When they got back to shore, they told some people in town about what they had witnessed that morning. It was then and only then that they were made aware of the legend of the Bear Lake monster and that that is what they must have seen. Two years ago, a man went out fishing on the lake. He said that to the right of the boat, he saw a large shadow and he assumed that it was a school of fish, but the shadow kept getting larger and larger. That is when he got a look at its serpent-like head, but it never broke the surface of the water. Then, as soon as he saw it, it quickly disappeared back into the depths of the lake. A lot of people wish to discount these eyewitness claims, claiming that it must have been a herd of elk swimming across the lake, or perhaps they were confused and it was just a school of fish. But all of these witnesses are avid hunters and fishermen. One man was quoted as saying, quote, I ain't no city slicker. I grew up in Galveston, Texas. I think I know the difference between an elk and a serpentine creature, end quote. About 30 years after the article was first published about the Bear Lake Monster in the Deseret News, the original author of the article, Joseph C. Rich, sent a letter to the people of Deer Valley. He had accumulated a bit of wealth since first arriving in Garden City, enough that he would be launching a steamboat and invited everyone to partake in its first voyage out on the lake. He also wrote, quote, I discovered and made famous by publication in the Deseret News a most wonderful first-class lie, the Bear Lake Monster, end quote. So in this letter, Rich admits to lying about seeing a Bear Lake monster in order to create interest in Bear Lake and in himself so that he might propel his career forward and ensure the survival of the home that he loved dear. Even though Rich basically confessed to lying, the reported sightings of the Bear Lake monster have never ceased. They continue to this day. The sightings that particularly interest me the most are the ones by out-of-towners who have no idea about any mythical creature until only after they share their tale with others. One resident psychologist in Garden City makes a great point when she says, quote, if the Bear Lake monster was 100% ludicrous, complete hoax, irrelevant, then we wouldn't still be talking about it. But we still are, so there must be something out there that is tapping into this legend that is fueling the fire and adding validity to the legend, and that's why we're still talking about it, end quote. Another woman who is the descendant of one of the original settlers of the area said that she found a journal from her ancestor, and in it, it read that her great-great-great-grandfather had been out fishing one day when he noticed a large nine-foot log not too far off. After about 45 minutes, the log rose up out of the water and began to swim away from his boat. For now, the legend still remains a mystery, but this hasn't stopped locals from incorporating it into the into their everyday life. All around Garden City, you will find these little like Easter eggs and murals 
paintings. There are children's books written about it. And at one point, I want to say in like the 60s, 70s or 80s, sometime in that 30 year period, um, there was even a little boat in the shape of the Bear Lake monster that would take tourists out on tours. In the parades that are hosted there, there's always some sort of a Bear Lake monster float. And if you happen to find yourself in Garden City, Utah, make sure you stop at the Bear Lake KOA where you can purchase yourself some incredible Bear Lake shirts and other various merchandise. The Bear Lake monster really has become the town's endearing mascot. The townspeople have happily adopted it into the tapestry of their town's history. Okay, so now it's time for my own personal account of Bear Lake. So just this is my little soapbox I'm standing on. So don't come at me. All right. So the first time I went to Bear Lake, it was in July of I want to say 2019. During that trip, I lived in ignorant bliss as I knew nothing about the Bear Lake monster. Then, like I said earlier, I learned about the legend of the Bear Lake monster from my daughter. I knew when she told me that we would have to make ourselves a trip down there this summer and look for ourselves. So we packed a picnic and we rented a boat and we looked for ourselves. Um, There is something quite spooky about the lake. I don't know if it has to do with the Bear Lake monster per se or my pre-existing fear of being stuck in open water. I will say that once we set sail, we traveled north to the quieter portion of the lake. It was there that we turned the boat off and had a small picnic. We attempted to be as quiet as possible to hopefully trick any Bear Lake monster into popping its head out. My daughter even took it upon herself to throw some deli meat off the side of the boat in hopes that the Bear Lake monster would smell it and, you know, come and get curious and take a nibble out of it. However, our efforts were in vain. Although, when we attempted to start our boat back up, it stalled like there was like this engine alert that began beeping and (laughs) that made my daughter and I freak out as we were about like five miles offshore. I told you I have a fear of open water. However, Brian was able to fix the problem and we left on our merry way. Um, My son, who is only three, did have a scary moment too, as at one point my hat, may it rest in peace, um, it like flew off of my head and into the water. We turned the boat back around to get it, but that hat had landed like upside down and filled with water and it began to sink. My son asked, mommy, where did your hat go? And I told him that it had sunk down to the bottom of the lake and we would never be able to get it. I think that it was at that moment that my son learned how potentially dangerous being out on a lake could be. I don't think his growing mind had fully processed the finality of sinking up to that point. And in that moment, I passed my generational fear of open water onto him because after that he became he became like really uneasy and he wanted to sit on my lap and hug me and anytime someone's clothing would like begin to blow in the wind he would freak out about he was just so worried about anything falling off the boat. My daughter however was very afraid of the lake before we got out on the boat but after Um, some exposure therapy. She must have began to love the lake and we spent some time swimming in it afterwards. I didn't have the heart to tell her that she was probably more at risk of being eaten by the Bear Lake monster on the shore rather than in the boat itself. Do I believe in the Bear Lake monster? You guys always want to know my opinion about the cases that we cover. So here we go. Do I believe in the Bear Lake monster? Kind of. Kind of. Um, I know I'll never be able to look at Bear Lake 
the same again. Um, the first time I visited, I was relaxing, but now, I don't know. I feel like every time I go from now on, I mean, it will be fun, but I think I'll always be slightly paranoid about what lurks underneath the surface. I guess that makes the saying true. Ignorance really is bliss. Um, I do believe that there is, or at least was, something in the lake that was giving people a fright. There has to be. There has to be something in there that is feeding the fire or fueling the fire of this legend. Now, whether that's the Bear Lake monster or some sort of other natural creature, I'm not sure. But surely there must be something. I do find it very interesting that the descriptions of the Bear Lake monster resemble the descriptions of ancient prehistoric creatures that used to dwell in this area. I think it would be really, really cool if a descendant of dinosaurs was still living in the lake. It wouldn't be that wild either. I was recently watching an episode of The Unexplained um, hosted by William Shatner, and he was talking about a shark that had been trapped in a net off the coast of Asia. This shark was believed to be extinct for hundreds of thousands of years, but here one was, recently alive, before it got caught in a fishing net. Um, so I definitely don't think it's like unimaginable that that sort of thing could happen again with another creature that was previously thought to be extinct. Nature is a powerful thing, and animals' ability to adapt to its surroundings in order to survive that's powerful, and I'm amazed by it every day. Thank you all for joining me this week for another episode of Mystery Still Unsolved. Make sure you head on over to my Instagram. There I posted some stories of my trip to Bear Lake. If you're listening to this like way late, like several months from now, I will save the stories to my highlight bubble so you can always access them. If you decide to head over to Bear Lake to check it out for yourself, please let me know. I would love to hear all about your experience. Hopefully you have the chance to witness something, anything. Um, while you're on my Instagram, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss a single episode, giveaway, or behind the scene news. Don't forget to visit my website, www.mysterystillunsolved.com, where you can binge my now 88 episodes. And if you like what you heard today, share it with people. Leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a true crime-loving friend or family member about me. And you know you want to have a friend to talk weird stuff with. But as always, don't feel limited to that cliche saying of family and friends. Tell your son's Spanish tutor, your housekeeper, your teenage daughter's friends, your busboy, the captain of a cruise ship, a maitre d'. I want everyone to know about Mystery Still Unsolved. But do you want to know the best way to support this podcast? Of course you do, um, especially because not only is it free, but it's super fun. Um, join me next week when together we'll discover, did someone ever place a useful tip? Has justice prevailed? Or is the mystery still unsolved? <laughs>